You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Right, was about to kick this bitch off. What we smoking this week? Ah, uh, this week we have a classic, the Partagas 1845. Haven't smoked too many Partagas cigars. Yeah, we did the uh, the black label a while back, uh, but yeah, they've kind of gone through a, a rebanding, and they've got these new fancy uh, labels on it. And we're going to be talking about season three of Cobra Kai, so this nice golden red. Uh, and black labeled just kind of remind me of the you know the Cobra Kai color scheme. <laughs> so minus the snake, no, no step on snake, no step on snake. Uh, so this is going to sport a Cameroon wrapper with Dominican binder and filler. Um, very close to the traditional, you know, Cuban style cigar. Um, you know, if you're unable to get a hold of a Cuban cigar, but you want to try something that's a, you know, take of those roots. Um, it's very much, uh, smokes just like most Cubans. Like, there's this underlying... Just a little bit of space. You know, misinformation that, you know, all Cuban cigars are powerhouses and everything else. And it's not really so much that. They just have a... Kind of a distinctive flavor, and this has that earthiness and stuff that you get with uh, with Cubans. Yep, Cubans are a very earthy people. <laughs> oh, but if you're gonna involve yourself in a karate gang battle, you should probably call in Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. That will get you. Some of the four flavors. Original, orange, grape, and lemon. Yeah, I really dig Strike Force. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm sipping on over here in my water bottle. Is well, I like it because it's got force. you know zero sugars and, and calories and whatnot, so it doesn't break. In my head, it doesn't break my fast. <laughs> so I can still you know maintain that metabolic energy. Yeah. Just, you know, hell, throw it some coffee. Take you, take you to the next level. <laughs> Strike Force your coffee. You get all the way. You'd be able to do them high kicks. Oh, boy. <laughs> all the way up. Yep. And with that, let's go kick some people in the face. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said. Ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just to be beginning. My life is gonna be beautiful I've sunshine enough to spread It's just like the fella said 
Welcome back. It's time to bow in and start this tournament. We're talking about season three of Cobra Kai. Uh, we, you know, we talked about the first two seasons, which were originally a YouTube Red series, and this is the first season produced by, you know, Netflix. So, what did you think of? Before we get anything spoilery or specific, just a difference between YouTube versus what Netflix gave us? I think that, like, the... Where the first two seasons, even though it's primarily about Johnny and Daniel, focuses much more on the the Cobra Kai students. Whereas this third season... I think went back to focusing more on the adults drama with, you know, but also still keeping that, you know, story of the younger generation together. But then also like, it seems like the to me production value went way up this. Season. I, I definitely feel like the production value went up. And then the other thing too was, I think Netflix did a little bit of a, better job of bringing things full circle like there was you know the first two seasons were basically yep these are two grown-ass men who are still stuck in the 80s who can't (laughs) get over either one of their egos um whereas this one did a much better job i think of Bringing everything together, Actual resolution and, to you know some conflicts, maybe giving us some conflict resolution, and and doing so also opened the door for the younger generation to actually have a reason to you know want to continue their trainings and everything of that nature. So yeah, with the last one, I, you know, I think we talked about this. It was like there's a lot of times where you know. You would think Johnny and Danielson were going to start finally seeing eye to eye, or at least squashing the beef, and then their students would fuck something up, and they wouldn't talk to each other, and then they would like, oh, we hate each other again. There's so much like, all right, they're finally starting to grow up and like, you know, come to terms. Oh no, you know, we're back to square one. We're back to square one. Where this one, I think, it was actually an arc where they kind of actually finally, you know came full circle (laughs) yeah so um i guess with no further ado uh if you have not watched cobra kai season three spoiler warning spoilers are inbound um and go watch that shit because it's worth watching (laughs) yeah and the you know we, we talked about the uh the production value seeming to go way up this season i mean they go to japan there's like flashbacks to Vietnam and like period stuff. It's like, well, I think they did a better job of, you know, kind of getting why people's mentality and their mental states are the way they are, you know? And you, you, I I think it's a great, you know, segue into just, you are a product of your environment. And at the end of the day, whether good or bad, we are all products of said environments. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we can go ahead and and get. You know, I always say I like it more when you give me a villain that has some depth to it. That's not just 
a one-dimensional Cobra Commander evil I'm a guy. bad guy because I got a snake tattoo. <laughs> yeah. And in the movies, John Kreese was always that. Where this, you know, season, and that's kind of a thing that they, a theme they said a lot was, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my, is my friend. And that, you know, giving Danielson and Johnny, uh, the villain and Kreese, fine, that's kind of finally... Yeah, you know, what brings sh- them together? You know, I could understand, you know, when we got introduced into Crease originally, right? And, you know, we know that Johnny can easily be n- manipulated by Crease and everything. Yeah. Um but he was kind of like the, once the father he never that, had. You know, Crease is a piece of shit. He's always been a piece of shit. And we can't put either one of our egos to come together to buy- battle said piece of shit. Like, yeah. that was my problem. It's like... Holy crap, it took three seasons to get to this point. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, know, from last season, it ended with Kreese kind of stealing Cobra Kai from from Johnny and him walking away. But, yeah, you know, Martin uh, Cove, Kreese, was like, I'm talking Bond villain level of, like, playing the mind games. Well, it's great because I, I love, you know, I guess kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but, you know, where Daniel's wife goes to confront Kreese at the dojo and ends up slapping him. And she's like, I'm going straight to the police. And he had already beat her there. And he's like, no, this lady came into my dojo after hours and attacked me, so I want to file the restraining order. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Like, I mean, you know, he's got a level of intelligence, like... Yeah, and you see, like, the, the level of game he's playing, even with his students, like... You know, because after the aftermath of the big karate battle from last season, the school outlawed any kind of physical contact, and and but the Cobra Kai guys are very much able to start trouble with the Miyagi Do, but then come out like, hey, man, they started this. We didn't have anything. To, you know, just kept like you know coming out, manipulating the situation. Yeah, making like them look like the aggressors when you know they're the ones that are that are causing all the problems. And it's like seems like they're just constantly. Well, I mean that's the thing. One right? step I ahead mean, of everybody. We see people do that in real life all the time. What do they do? They get inside people's mind, and then somebody takes a physical action, and it's like, well, you may have been picked on, but you know you physically acted out, so technically you're the aggressor here. And it's like, that's what <laughs> yeah. I hate about zero tolerance policies. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes people like need to get punched in the face. Yes, absolutely. And it's like you know, this person like was freaking picking on me. I kicked his ass. Now I'm the one in trouble. I mean, it, yeah, it's like the zero tolerance stuff kind of can be a. And know, I think they did sword. a good job of you know sort of covering some of that you know in in this season too. So I guess uh, let's just start with the first season. We know that. Miguel is still in the hospital, um, in, in a coma. Uh, Johnny has absolutely fallen off the rails and become a raging alcoholic. Um, I mean, he was already a rage, <laughs> but yeah, he's gone. He's definitely gone. I mean, he's he 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 was on a path of, you know, yeah, he'd become I'm in a, a better good spot, dude. and then you know, like it all just went out the window. You know, helping you know? the kids really gave him like you know a sense of purpose. Yeah, and making up for the mistakes he made with his own kid. But then, yeah, Miguel's in the hospital. He's lost his dojo. You know, no one wants to have anything to do with him. And so he's like, just getting drunk. But yeah, that where he goes, kicks the shit out of the two guys in the parking lot. <laughs> Dude, the I love that. You know, where it's like, you are in no condition to fight karate master, but, uh, 
Like, I mean, it just goes to show, like, somewhere in your training, like, yes, you have a certain set of skills, but when you're too inebriated to utilize said skills... (laughs) If you can't stand, you can't kick. (laughs) I mean, he he started off good, you know, and then he's, yeah, he's got his ass beat because he's just fucking hammered. Uh... And like where he ends up in jail, I guess a cop that had arrested him before, he's like, it's like, shit, you're the guy that got in a fight in Applebee's. What is it with you and like, you know, starting fights in family restaurants? <laughs> I just have one of those faces, man. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, but back to what I was starting to say earlier is like, you know, I, I liked, um, when they, when they give villains more of a kind of, I guess, understanding and with this, we had a lot of flashbacks to Crease's development, and like, and you know, you see, he started off as kind of a good guy. Well, yeah, and then I like, mean, that was you know, the Vietnam thing. fucked him up. You know, was you know at the point to where you know it's like, hey, we've got you know a camp of enemies here, and we need you to blow said camp up, and it's like. Well, there's still a soldier there. I can't push the button. And, you know, because he couldn't push the button, you know, because he wouldn't yeah, they sacrifice. They all end up getting They all end up and, in a POW camp. And then and... His, the guy that he was trying to save got killed anyway. But even before that, when they first introduced us to young Crease, you get these, like, bully jocks that come into this restaurant and start picking on the, the kid that works there. And I'm pretty sure, like, the guy playing the jock was actually Crease's son because he looks like a young Crease. So the whole time you're like, dude was a fucking bully dirtbag even as a kid. And then, you know, he ends up, they end up getting a fight with the, the kid at the, uh, the diner when he sees him like slap his girlfriend. And then finally he's like, he's like, what's your name? Like, Oh, my name's John Crease. So it's like the kid that was saving the girl and who was like a stand up dude was, was crease when you like automatically assume that the fucking bully jock was going to be crease. Yeah. So it's like, you're like, what? He was actually like a decent dude at one point. And yeah, they went, you know, very much more into kind of establishing what made him what he is today. (laughs) And I, and I, I dig that, uh, that, you know, transition that they showed, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. So he's not just a dick for because he's yeah you know, a dick. But yeah, they end up in the POW camp, and like these guys are making them like the soldiers Basically fight each other to, to death. death. <laughs> like, I guess death being oh you're gonna land in this pit of snakes and then we're gonna shoot you. Like, what is it with the pit of snakes? Like, <laughs> so now we know where he came up with Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and his like commanding officer is is kind of like how crease is now where he's just like, you know, every man for himself, no mercy. And, you know, you definitely see the influence to him later on. And even when they get into the prison, crease is trying to protect some of the weaker guys that aren't going to make it. And he's like, no, there's, there's no rank here. It's all, you know, you know, survival of the fittest. So when it comes time for the, they choose the commander and they choose like, kind of the weak kid in the bunch, you know, Crease is like, nah, I'll let's settle it. I'll, I'll take his place. Let, let's. And then the, you know, and that thing too, he, the girl that he saved at the diner, he ends up like falling in love with her and they're going to get married as soon as he gets back from war. And then right as they're about to fight, he's like, Oh yeah, before we left on the mission, I got a letter. Your, your girlfriend's dead. She wrecked her car. Just trying to get like, get in his head. 
And then, like I so said, they get that fight well, over I mean, the pit. Well, I mean, was that really to get in his head, or was that, you know, like... Because I know originally, before that, they were like, hey, we got this letter, something tragic's happened with a girlfriend, um, we don't want to distract him from the mission, so don't tell him. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, this this type of stuff will get get you killed. But then when it's he's going to have to fight him to the death, he's like, hey, fuck you, here's this, like, let me... He's like, you know, I'm going to, you know, fuck with your head, so, I, so it's like, because I'm, yeah, I'm about to put you in the snake pit. <laughs> but then he gets that transformation where they're they're fighting and the commander has the upper hand and he ends up like stabbing him in the leg and and beats him down where he's hanging off of the bridge and then an airstrike happens and like they're actually freed so he's like it's over crease like we can leave now he's like no i i ignored your lessons in the past and that got me in trouble i'm not doing that again no mercy and fucking just kicks his ass into the pit even though they could have just you know you know, pulled him up, pulled and, him up you know, and, called and it a day. Left, and... yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. The uh, the tides of war. I don't know. I, I will say that, you know, I liked, you know, Johnny's kind of transition to actually trying to visit Miguel and the lengths that he was going to to try <laughs> to make that happen. Yeah, because at first, like, the parent, the mother doesn't want him to have anything to do with it. So he's like, the only way you can get into ICU is to be... So he, like, basically kicks his own ass so he can get into the hospital to see the hell. I like he tries to put on, you know, like, the white jacket that a, you know, doctor would wear. And it's like, dude, your face is all fucked up and everything else. Everybody's gonna know you're not a doctor. Like, <laughs> so then he's like, well, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy comes into the bathroom. He's like, hey, doc, will you look at this? And he's like, wait, oh, you're, wait not you're, you're, you're not a doctor. You're definitely not a doctor. But I played one on TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, the him trying to get into beating his own ass to, to try to get in to see Miguel, and then all the stuff he did to try to like help Miguel, you know, trying to help, you know, because when he wakes up from the coma, he's you know possibly paralyzed at the you know there he's gonna need some kind of surgery to to fix that, and you know, so like he's you know even goes to his like stepfather that he hates and try to get some money from him and and him like still like his like level of like being stuck in 1985 where he doesn't understand technology where he goes back to the pawn shop he's like hey man buy my computer and he's like man that, like that thing ain't worth ancient he's like but you sold it to me he's like yeah it's not worth it. he's like well it doesn't even work anyway he's like well did you charge it you said it was wireless internet's wireless you still have to plug it into charge <laughs> he's like really <laughs> So it still works. It just needs a charge. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Just the... I got this Dodge Caravan. <laughs> oh, but yeah, him trying to uh, come up, you know, finally like steals a statue from his stepdad, pawns that to help pay for Miguel's surgery. But yeah, the <laughs> I like when he goes to like, you know kind of help train him. He's with like this super like granola type, you know, physical therapist guy. And he's like, what, what the hell are you like? No, like, let's like, we, we need to fix this kid. Like you, you, you know, massaging him ain't going to do shit for him. And he's like, yeah, literally like sets his foot on fire. He's yeah. like, I really thought that was going to work. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, like you could just like, dude, the, the actor that plays Miguel, like, did such a good job of just showing like the disappointment, like yeah. of all things, like 
that should have worked, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. you He's know, like, no, no, I, I agree. This should have worked. Why didn't you know, it work? <laughs> but, you know, it just, the level of disappointment, you know, and everything, like, did a great job of portraying that. But I love the fact, too, that you, you know they got some budget because uh, they were able to get D. Snyder. Yeah. You know, and, dude, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> like, at first I was like, man, they're going to end up at a strip club. You know, yeah. that was one of his things. Like, remind me of the uh, the insurance commercial where the guy's got the fishing rod dangling the dollar bill. It's like, ah, you got to be quicker than that. You yeah, know? trying to, uh, got a, like a nudie mag on a on a fishing pole. This is the finest chick from 1985, man. Come but on. But then, then again, like. You want to see boobies, you're going to have, like, dude, I got his phone. I can yeah, see boobies like... right now. <laughs> but he tries. He's like, sure, I'll try to reach a nudie magazine. But yeah, like he finally kind of understands that, like, it's more of a mental block than a physical block. Like they've fixed the damage. Now he just has to believe he's like, he's trying too hard. So he can't, you know, actually get up and walk. So he's like, all right, let me, let me borrow the kid for a night. I'm going to do something like take his mind off all this and make him cause, cause the mom's like, I just want to see him smile again. So yeah, he's like, I'm going to introduce you to the greatest band ever. And like sneaks him into a D Snyder concert, uh, Pretending he's a Make-A-Wish kid. <laughs> and fucking D is like, hey, ladies, why don't you make this kid's wish? <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely. like, I'm pretty sure he saw titties that night. <laughs> but yeah, after a while, them like just, you know, fucking rocking out. You know, he starts tapping his foot and he's like, hey, dude, check your foot. And he's like, oh, shit, <laughs> I moved it. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing when you finally like, the, you know, just take dude, your mind off. Dude, it just goes off. to show the power of music, man. Yeah. And, and why rock and roll will never die. It's yeah, fucking D. Snyder. God gave rock and roll to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're not gonna take. I said this. I think this season probably has like the best soundtrack. It's like the soundtrack of Karate Kid is has been our Krobukai has been fucking awesome. Yeah, I. I don't know. This one, like, it definitely seemed to focus more on the 80s hair metal. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that as a fan of 80s hair metal. There's nothing gets you, like, you more, like, fired up than, like, just 80s hair metal. That's just... <laughs> some, some D. Snyder, some Motley Crue. I mean, that, if you need to get, like, you know, jacked up, you know, I mean, down I gotta strike say, force like, and listen to some hair metal. I, uh... I mean, we'll we'll talk about this in extensive uh you know detail in nerd news, but for the new Kong vs Godzilla trailer, like I need some rock and roll. Like <laughs> this is so much like man, we got Puff Daddy trying to do you know <laughs> <laughs> yes the Puff Daddy Led Zeppelin cover from yeah, uh, um, Godzilla two thousand. <laughs> but uh, I was like, man, this the hip hop in this trailer just. Somebody missed a mark. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But a, then again, like... A good rock you like a hurricane would have been perfect for that. <laughs> but then again, like, you know, I guess if you were going to use something like a rock you like a hurricane, how much would that cost knowing that you may not get a that theatrical release? <laughs> um, I don't know. Are theaters even open anymore? Are some uh, open? Some places. I know some drive throughs and shit are open, but yeah, everything around here is closed, so... I mean, in my opinion, there's no theaters because uh, there's nothing around here that's open still. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> the D Snyder thing, and then as we saw at the end of last season, Johnny got a friend request from Allie, the 
you know, his first girlfriend from the original films, but he threw his phone away and threw his car away at the end. So he, he never got it. And, uh, you know, the kid takes a, a selfie of them at the concert. And he's like, I'll tag you in this. He's like, tag you what? On Facebook. I don't have Facebook. I threw away my phone. He's like, dude, it's on your computer. Really? Then he finally like gets the computer working again and sees that he's gotten like a message from Allie. And he's like, oh shit. And he like tries to fucking type like a diatribe. Of... <laughs> he's like, you didn't send this, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like, good. <laughs> well, I, I like the fact is like, you know, it's almost as creepy as you went and liked every one of her photos. And it's like, oh, is that a bad thing? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's like Miguel's like, all right, you may be the sensei, but let me teach you about, like, you know, modern social dating media, and social yeah. media. And, you know, he, he tries to help help him out, and he's like, all right, let me... Let's, we need You need some, like, photos that aren't, like, you shirtless from the 80s, so let's, let's like, you know, go out and station photos and, and make you look interesting on Facebook. And, but then he gets that... Uh, uh, fucking Miguel kind of has that down moment because even though he got his foot to moving, he's still kind of struggling to to get back to a hundred percent. And uh, you know, Johnny's like, "I mean, you're just giving up." And he's like, "No, fuck you, dude. You're the one giving up. Like, you got your your you know your dojo stolen. But instead of like standing up and like fighting, you're just like you know in your apartment getting drunk and like playing on fucking Facebook." And he's like, "Yeah," and you know, he gets like so mad that he he just kind of forgets his own troubles. He's like, Hey dude, yeah, you're calling me an asshole, but like you're fucking standing now. I'm not holding you up. He's like, Oh shit. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. And he's like, you know, just, but then he, you know, he's like, he gets it. And he like, you know, had been posting all those fake photos that him and Miguel yeah. took. And he just kind of deletes everything and just puts up the positive shit from what he did with Miguel's recovery and what he tried to do when he restarted Cobra Kai and was like, became more real. And, <laughs> And, and, and genuine is like, oh, like Johnny's finally fucking growing up. It's took him three seasons, but <laughs> you know, the, like like we've said before, like Miguel helps him just about as much as he he's helped Miguel at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, there, there's a level of depth there, and I don't know. I think there was just a lot more depth all around this season, yeah. which. You know, not to take away from the previous seasons, but, you know, I didn't really get that, you know? Like, it was, oh, this is cool, it's a rehashing of, you know, our dads, if they were karate instructors, <laughs> you know? But this season, like, did a much better job of just, you know, even some of the supporting characters and stuff like that, like actually gave him a reason to be there. Yeah. It's like, you're not just a body, you're not just a filler, you know? Yeah, because you get to the... You know, while Miguel's kind of in his recovery, not... He's kind of him... He's kind of insulated from what's going on with Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do. But yeah, uh, Sam's whole, like, struggle with kind of, like, PTSD. I mean, she goes to school and just keeps getting flashbacks of the fight with Tori and even having nightmares of her fucking drowning her in the, in the pond. And when she's finally confronted with her with it, with like, cause the Cobra guys, guys keep attacking their people secretly. So they finally like, Oh, we're going to go kick their ass at the golf course and lure them into like, you know, an abandoned part of the, the game place. And it's like, it turns out to be a trap and they end up kicking the shit out of them and breaking, uh, Dimitri's arm and you know she just like leaves her whole team because she just 
just once she sees Tori, she just goes full like freaking PTSD. And it's like, yeah, that whole like you know, her struggle of, you know, the aftermath of the fight. And then you got uh uh what's his name? Uh, uh Johnny's son who's like on the run because he's wanted because he nearly yeah, killed Robbie. freaking Miguel, Robbie. <laughs> well, I mean, not only that, but then he stole a van and uh <laughs> went and lived in a van down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> like but yeah, that whole like father, like son. <laughs> Daniel and Johnny trying to track him down, and uh, and uh, so you can kind of like you know, if the cops find you, you're going to do some hard time. We need to get you to turn yourself in. But once again, we get that kind of Daniel and Johnny finally starting to see a little bit eye to eye. But when they go to the, <laughs> they yeah yeah they talk to the kid's mom, and she's like, you should check out his old uh, his old uh, gang members. You know they're. So they go, they go the good cop, bad cop thing in prison where, where Daniel's really trying to be like the adult, like, no guys, we just need your, and he's like, punches him in the face <laughs> and the guard and the guard, they're like, dude, looking at the guards, the guards like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> and they finally like, all right, all right, this is where he's probably at. Go check these guys out. But then they end up tracking the van to like a, turns out to be like a chop shop. And that fight scene with, you know, Daniel son and Johnny finally like teaming up and like kicking the shit out of a bunch of dudes. Yes. I was like, that was badass. I mean, there's all the action sequences pretty much previously have been the kids fighting each other. It's cool to see the adults finally like kick some ass. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple fight scenes in the previous, but not as big as. Yeah. It definitely the, seemed like uh, know, the, the level of action fight. was, you know, a lot, a lot grander. I don't know. I do like the fact too, like, and like I like some of the adult struggles, you know, yeah. where they, you know, basically they conjure up a scheme to have the Cobra Kai's dojo rates um, go up and you know get uh, Keys evicted from you know the damn dojo, and it's like, look, we won't even do anything with the property. So basically, you get your property and everything else, and you know, we'll pay for it. You know, yeah, we'll we'll double yeah. the rent, whatever. Let's get them. You know, they're trying to like you know, I guess handle it as adults. You know, but yeah, but like the the creepy uh, you know scumbag landlord, you know, goes with his boys to try to kick Crease out, and Crease ends up kicking the shit out of him, and he's like, the "Deal's off. We we can't do it." You know, and so, <laughs> I would have kind of liked to see that fight scene where where. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, like he it, walks in, he's like, "You're evicted." He's like, "No, I'm not." And he's like, "Yeah, my my cousins wanted to, and these two giant motherfuckers walk in." And he's like, "Help him move out, whether he wants to or not." And he's crazy, like, ah, "I just got the blood off the mat." And they're like, "Huh?" He's like, "Oh well, let's go." <laughs> and like, I would like to have seen that fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, you'd think he would show up with more than just a couple of goons. <laughs> yeah, you know, but. Yeah, that's that's my take, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, even and cr- what Crease did with Cobra Kai once he took over, because it started off with instead of being the bullies, Johnny had kind of recruited the nerd kids and taught them to stand up for themselves. But then when Crease took over, he started getting rid of anyone who thought he, that was weak, A weak and then link, bringing yeah. in all the the bullies that those kids that had to been, you know, fighting against. And yeah, even the, uh, I can't remember his name, the guy that originally Miguel fought that was like the big school bully, he ends up coming, becoming Cobra Kai. And, you know, 
he got Tori back. He got, uh, yeah, and she's gone full freaking psycho this season. But then Hawk too. Hawk had a good. Uh, I said we'll talk about Danielson's kind of arc here because they did some really interesting Karate Kid two shit with him. But Hawk's struggle threw it out where the whole time you know he really wants to be a part of Cobra. He likes kind of being. I mean, he's the one that trashed Miyagi though and stole uh, Mr. Miyagi's Medal of Honor last season. So and he very much looked like he was going full psycho. But then kind of after the Miguel thing, he, he started kind of like. Well, I mean, I, it, you is know, this right? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing what my sensei says, but you know, he's kicking out all these kids that have been loyal, loyal guys from the beginning. You know what it is, dude? It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Foot Clan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, to bringing in Robbie, who's the guy who friggin' hospi- hospitalized Miguel. I thought we were attacking Miyagi Do because they're responsible, and now you're bringing this guy in, and you know. Especially after he, Tori told him to like break uh, Dimitri's arm. Like after that, he's like, hey, "This is the guy, that my literal only friend before I became Cobra Kai." And he starts to like kind of struggle with you know with what he had. Become. I mean, he, he's developing a moral compass. Yeah, and you know the thing about Cobra Kai is that's what you have to lack is a moral compass. You know, you yeah. basically especially for kill to be, be part killed. of Kreese's Cobra yes. Kai. Yeah, you can't be <laughs> have any kind of moral conscious. And you know, but Johnny then, had learned that lesson and tried to instill the kids, you know, some some discipline. But then, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and but, I like you know, after Miguel kind of tells Johnny he's being a quitter, he tries to he's like start your, a new dojo, dude. Call it something else. Like, but he goes and gets all those kids that he had trained that crease had kicked out and it was like, we're starting our, our own dojo freaking Eagle Fang karate, <laughs> which, all right. is kind of an awesome name. <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but it sounds badass. It sounds like a, a movie from the eighties. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's something about like Eagle Fang. I mean, <laughs> What, you get the, you know, the freedom of the eagle, but the, you know, bite of the fang, you know? <laughs> like, but, it's kind of weird. Like, you're trying to break away from Cobra Kai, yet you're still going to use, you know, <laughs> kind of that fang. Imagery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, and, the, like, when he has his talk with his new students, he's like, I do not want you to start fights. Y'all are not bullies. Do not start fights. But you should finish them. Finish what you started. So he's like... He, he start- well, I mean, he basically teaches people to be, hey, once you get aroused and somebody strikes, I expect you to finish it. Yeah. You know, and, and but don't and I mean, start on, don't be a bully, don't attack the weak. You know, he start, he, you see, he's kind of learned the lessons that he kind of fucked up the first time he, he, uh, started, restarted Cobra Kai when he was using too much of that crease curriculum. And even when he goes to the school and tries to recruit and talk to all the other old Cobra Kai's, he's like, he's like, Hey. This is something you've never heard me say to y'all. I fucked up, but I'm trying to make it right. And, you know, and Hawk is like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, freaking you, you, your weakness got Miguel hurt. And he's like, hey, you were as soft as a baby's ass when I found you. you know, the only reason why you're a man right now is because I made you a man, not fucking Crease. And now you're just a, a punk ass bully like these other motherfuckers. <laughs> and like, and when he kind of has that moment, like when, because the Cobra Kai's, well, back it up a little bit, Sam and, and, uh, my, Miguel, finally come together and it's like that whole enemy of my enemy and my friend is like we need to bring the dojos together 
we neither one of us can stand up to Cobra Kai on our own. We need to take Miyagi, a little bit of Miyagi Do, a little bit of Eagle, Eagle Fang, Fang, and bring them together. You know, and eventually we'll convince our our instructors this is what we should do. But the Cobra Kai kids decide to attack them at Daniel's house, and it's like a full on no rules ball. There's isn't, no adults to break it up this time. Isn't at that point though, like, hey, this is a home invasion. Yeah. And, uh, like, it's like, yeah, this is not are the- there no, like, legal ramifications? <laughs> like, even after the adults come home, it's like, oh, you, you know, ransacked my house and everything else. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they committed a couple felonies yes, that night. Exactly. <laughs> they, they definitely crossed the line. But at one point, you know, Dimitri is like, they're, they've got him, but he's like, hey, let's break his arm again. Come on, uh, Hawk, you want to finish this? And he, he's, he's got, he starts thinking back of all the bad shit he's done. He starts hearing Johnny's voice in his head. And then kicks that dude with a f- nice flying sidekick to the face. And then, like, <laughs> teams up with his old buddy. And, you know, like, he's like, you want to help me finish this? He's like, yeah. And then they, you know, kick the shit out of all the Cobra Kai guys. And also, uh... Well, I love how, like, leading up to that, though. Like, they decide, like... Dude, that is the ultimate parent trap. <laughs> like, tell this group, hey, we want to talk about plans for a new dojo. Hey, tell this group that, uh... We have a keg. We have a keg. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's no keg. <laughs> and they finally have that whole, like, you know, pl- yeah, kind of plan out, like, the basis of a joint dojo. And then you're, meow. And the one guy's like, y'all got a cat? And, like, goes outside. And then gets thrown through the window. And they're like, what happened? He's like, there's no cat. <laughs> Not that there's a bunch of guys outside that just kick the shit out of me. He's like, there, there wasn't a cat. <laughs> and then the fight ensues. But even before that, when you before they kind of come up with the plan of bringing them together, uh, Sam and Miguel kind of have a start over, and they're hanging out at you know Miyagi Do and start making out. And Danielson walks in on them, and like he's like, "What's what's going? Oh, we're just sparring." And and she's like, "Come on, Dad, it's not 1984." (laughs) But but I like the fact too that you know like Danielson takes them, and he's like, "Come on." You know, let's go chat. And, you know, they yeah, because on... the first time he was dating her, we wouldn't give him that chance. He's like, oh, no, he's Cobra Kai. He's trash. But they had that sit down in, you know, Miyagi's old car, and he kind of tells them, because he had heard the Johnny's side of what happened. And then Daniel Sons like, is that what he told you? Well, here's how it was my, from my perspective. And Miguel's like, dude, you did kind of hit on his girlfriend. You know, he's like, you know, he kind of, you know, you know, Miguel and and Daniel finally talking and Daniel finally getting to hear things from kind of both sides of the argument. And he's like, I think that very much opened up the window for the kind of reconciliation they get later on. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, it's like, I mean, he ends up shaking his hands. Like your dad shook my hand. I think it's a sign. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like that, (laughs) but I do like the fact that he's like, uh, how about less of this spar? (laughs) And he's like, you did kick him with an illegal kick. No, no, everything above the waist was open. The head is above the waist. It was not an illegal kick. <laughs> still still trying to defend that. Well, and, and, and I like the fact, too, and I don't remember exactly which episode it shows, but, you know, it actually goes and, you know, shows Danielson, you know, visiting, uh, you know, one of Miyagi's relatives. I can't remember exactly how they were related. Um, but basically, you know, it goes into, you know, yes, Mr. Miyagi was a great teacher, but 
he did not teach you everything there is to know about Miyagi-Do. Yeah, because uh, if you'll remember Karate Kid 2, where they went back to Miyagi's village in Okinawa, um, the backlash of the karate fight is, uh, you know, kind of Daniel-san's rival car dealership used it as an excuse to kind of trash his name with the Japanese vehicle supplier, and they've signed an exclusive contract with his rival, so it's going to cut off his supply of cars and basically ruin his business. So he's like, well, the only way... These people respect, you know, talking face-to-face, so I'm going to go to Japan and try to make this right. And they're like, no, we're sorry, we've we've made already made the deal. So he's like, well, I've, I need, I'm going to go back to Miyagi's village and try to find some kind of... Pe- Miyagi would always be able to, like, you know, straighten me out. I need to go see if I can kind of figure out some, some Miyagi wisdom. And he ends up running into the girl he kind of hooked up with uh, I mean, when he, he was in Japan... And the little girl that he saved. Yeah, and she's and and she's like, well, which just happens to be a VP over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a coinky. So the little girl he rescued her in the typhoon. Uh, you know, it turns out she's she's grown up. And she can save his business. But yeah, Mia the the whatever love that Miyagi left behind. She's like, I have all these letters that Miyagi wrote her. Like you know, so he she like you know kind of reveals to Daniel this other side of Miyagi and, you know, and, and reads him these, uh, these letters where he's like, oh yeah, you know, you know, Daniel's put, you know, has kids now and he's kind of, you know, made me a part of his family and he's like the family I never got to have. And, you know, he, he, he you know, gets a little bit more, I, I like how, you know, even though Pat Mirat, Marati's, um, you know, the original Miyagi has passed away, you know, they, they keep kind of honoring that memory and, and bringing, the character back in with, with flashbacks and, and stuff like that. But then he, he also runs into the guy he was supposed to had the death duel with in Karate Kid 2, which was the, the nephew of Miyagi's rival who were both taught Miyagi-Do by Miyagi's father. And he's like, you know, come to, you know, takes him to his, his dojo and they spar a little. He's like, what? That's not Miyagi-Do. He's like, he's like, Mr. Miyagi taught me, you know, that, Miyagi-Do was only for defense. He's like, no, he, that's what he chose to teach you. But my sensei was also a Miyagi-Do student and he taught me everything. He's like, this was developed way back in the day. And these men went to war and had to defend the village from like invaders and shit. So there is an offensive element to Miyagi-Do. It's not just defense. And, you know, and, and he's like, you know, last time he saw him, he was like, you know, a dirt bag and wanted to fight him. And he's like, dude, after our duel, I really wanted to die. But you know, my sensei gave me the option and I became a better man. And now like, like, you know, let me help you by teaching you what your Miyagi-Do is missing. And, and we teach them like the, uh, the, the pressure, pressure point, point strike. Yes. And like this kind of, he's Daniel son is like, you know, completely paralyzed and going to do like the, uh, the the fucking killing chop and then stops and tweaks his nose just like Daniel San did to him. And he's like, I've been waiting twenty years to do that. <laughs> he's like, Oh you dick <laughs> You nose honker you <laughs> But yeah, I like that he, you know uh taught Daniel San like you know some Miyagi Do that he didn't know. And I mean he even gives him a scroll at the end. Yeah. You know? The scrolls apparently are very coveted. <laughs> He's like, here, you can have this for your collection. We are kind of even now. And like I said, he's like... You honk my nose, I honk yours. <laughs> yeah. And after he told, you know, taught him the pressure point strikes, he's like, if you're... Uh, he's like, if your opponent assists on war, 
take away his ability to make war. <laughs> if he won't find peace, you know, you can, you know, make sure you, and it, you know, the lesson comes back later on. But yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the whole, like, you know, couple episodes of, of Daniel-san going back to Miyagi's village and seeing how that's changed and, and like I said, it eventually like the, he runs into the little girl that he saved. She's like, Hey, I owe you one. I'm going to save your business. <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm the, the guy who told you no, I'm his boss. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like little tie ins like that. Like, I love the fact that, you know, like you said, you know, even though we've had, you know, some passings of, you know, some of the greats, like there's so much tribute and homage paid, you know, to the source material. Like, I don't know. And this season, we also got the return of Allie from the first movie. And you get to see, find out like why her and Danielson broke up and she comes. Oh dude, how awkward of a dinner would that be? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Johnny, you know, he, well, Johnny finally hooks up with Miguel's mom and then, you know, Allie calls him and it's like, Hey, like I'm in town. Uh, you want to have lunch? And you know, does Johnny really strike you as a type? It's like, Oh yeah, I want to date the girl from the country club and blah, blah, blah. Like, (laughs) I mean, cause uh, as a young guy, that's kind of who he was. He was like the rich kid. And now he's, it's the roles have reversed. It's like Daniel son's the rich kid. And, and, uh, (laughs) Johnny's the one that's kind of, uh, yeah, the, the, the every man. But yeah, no, that, that dinner was pretty epic. <laughs> and I, I like too that, you know, like, cause they hook up and you're like, man, Johnny, you, you're, you're going to screw you're, this up you're, trying you're to get the, your old, you know, girl, yeah, your old girlfriend back. You were on, you know, the, the uprise, but you're about to, you know, jump off that steep cliff. And I guess, uh, you know, Danielson's wife, um, you know, ultimately does him a favor by, <laughs> Like, blocking him. Yeah. <laughs> so who's this hot chick you've been dating? Ah, uh, she told you about that's what you and a man have been talking about. <laughs> but yeah, like he, he walks into the country club. Uh well, I figured they had this like, whole he day was together. going to go to the country club and you know, she was going to be there and like, watch you brought this other woman and blah 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 <laughs> and like Yeah, and he walks in and she's there talking to Daniel and it's like, Oh fuck. That motherfucker's trying to snatch my girl again. <laughs> But then his wife's there. They all end up having dinner together. And like I said, the Daniel talking with Miguel kind of opened the door. And then her kind of, you know, rehashing what kind of happened from her perspective back then. He's like, she's like, no, there's, there's always been three sides. This, you know, the story, your version of things, Daniel's version of things and the truth. And she finally lays out. He's like, there I think the, why you two hate each other so much is there's a little bit of each other. Y'all are way more, uh, more alike, more alike than you, you do different. And you kind of hate that, that you see things in him that you don't like about yourself. And he see things in you that he don't like about himself. And, and y'all need to like, you know, move the fuck on. <laughs> and, and even at the end, he's like, when they go to leave, he's like, he's like, yeah, Merry Christmas, Johnny. He's like, yeah, Merry Christmas. Lou. So, you know, Daniel, you know, he finally you know, calls him by his, by his name. And like I said, he, they kind of have that, you know, finally moment of, uh, of peace. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a Christmas movie. 
and he almost runs into the dude with the spaghetti again. He's like, fucking really again? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you find out, you know, the reason why they broke up was, you know, Daniel's I was kind of a jealous dick. She's like, she saw me talking to some dude and freaked out. That's why you're... It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you, you, he, he's kind of more of a dirtbag than he... <laughs> <laughs> that's what kind of I've I've you know, loved about the series. It's like, you know, kind of bringing the whole 1980s things in from like a different perspective. Yeah, no, I I really dig that aspect of everything. Like just the tie-ins, you know, just make. It's not like oh we're just going to reimagine everything and pretend that like oh this timeline and these events never happened. And it's like I've seen that like. I've I've lived with that for twenty years. Like I can't just oh that never happened. Like, uh, yeah, and the city tries to cancel the All Valley tournament, and all three senseis are forced to kind of go appear in front of the council, and they're all like arguing and stuff. She's like, y'all are kind of you know proving our point of why they shouldn't be a tournament. But then the kids come in and like you know, yeah, dude, Miguel's speech was fucking awesome. Yeah, like. I don't know, and and the fact that you know Danielson's daughter decided to step up and give her two cents as well, I guess. But yeah, then post the fight at Daniel's house, you know Johnny comes home from from the, you know his his dinner with the uh, Larusso and Allie, and he's like, because you know when he last left Miguel's mom, he's like, I don't know, they want to know what I do about this, but he and he comes back, and he's like. He's like, I know what I want to do about this. You know, I love you. We should go out and walks in and finds, you know, Miguel's got the shit kicked out of him because, you know, you know, the, the Miyagi fight. And he's like, what happened? And then he immediately goes to like Cobra Kai and starts fighting Crease and finally like kicks his ass. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for, uh, for Robbie stepping in, cause he's, you know, drank the Cobra Kai Kool-Aid and has gone full Crease's buddy now and, and tries to fight Johnny. But like you know, Johnny finally was able to like beat the shit out of Crease as he probably should have done a long time sooner. ago. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, basically gives Robbie the speech like, you know, I, I I don't know, you know, I I hope there's a resolution to Robbie's character, you know, like because yeah. he started off, you know, kind of as a dirt bag and then kind of with Daniel's influence became a good kid, but then after the fight, he's gone back to being, well, I mean, you know, he bag. found, uh, you know, Miguel and, uh, Samantha doing their sparring bit. So, you know, he's like, well, fuck, you know, just like, just like, you know, our dads, you know, you fucking took my girl. And it's like, I bet you guys didn't wait a week, you know? So yeah, no wonder you, you know, you stopped writing me. He's like, I stopped writing me. You, cause you quit writing me. So, like, well, I was getting my ass kicked in prison. So it was kind of hard for me to write. And yeah, yeah, him and Tori's probably going to hook up now. That's going to be like the, the, the evil Cobra Kai power couple. Because <laughs> we got to have power couples these days. Yeah. But yeah, you know, friggin' he kicks the shit out of, uh, of Crease, and then Robbie steps in and starts trying to attack him. He's like, I'm not going to fight you. You're my son. But I'm not going to let you kick me either. So he kind of shows him, and he ends up hitting his head and knocking himself out. And Crease uses that as a distraction to attack Johnny. And he's like legit look like he's about to kill Johnny until Danielson shows up and like kicks the shit out of him. And, uh, it, it was cool seeing them two finally, like, you know, going toe to toe with a crease and you know, that three way fight. And finally, and you know, and Danielson gets to use his cool, uh, pressure point strikes. 
And you know, he's I about mean, to was, fuck him up. He's I mean, like, you attacked my home. You've crossed a fucking line. I feel like Kreese, though. I feel like there's a lot of Krav Maga influence in his fighting style. You know, because Krav Maga is all about, you know, basically improvise. And, you know, I mean, between the glass shard, the fucking sigh, like, <laughs> he's he's a resourceful motherfucker. Yeah, but I thought he was about to, like, just, you know, freaking actually stab Johnny before Danielson showed up and saved him. And at this point, like, why does everybody keep going there, like, on their own accord? Like, <laughs> at at some point, it's like, man, this dude keeps kicking all of our asses, like... <laughs> Yeah, she know this might have been the time you could have called the cops. Yeah. Yeah, his students just trashed my house and beat up uh, <laughs> both our students. Like, I, I don't know. But that fight, you know, they said when he finally like you know sees he's beaten, he's like, "Hey, wait, 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 wait! Why don't we settle this the old-fashioned way? I'm like, what? The tournament? Well, I'll stop fucking with you. You stop fucking with me. Let our students deal with it in the tournament. And if Cobra Kai loses, I'll leave." <laughs> which then he makes a phone call to one of his Vietnam buddies asking for a favor. So there's probably going to be some kind of fuckery next season. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I definitely anticipate the fuckery and I don't know. I mean, at, at some point too, like, I don't know, you know, you had Johnny where he wouldn't take the finishing blow because of Robbie. Danielson yeah. wouldn't take the finishing blow because Samantha walked up, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Dad! Like, like at some point, somebody's going to have to take a a final stand. Permanent do you, solution. <laughs> do you really think that, you know, Kreese would just disappear? No, he's, he, like I said, he's yeah, always, like, like, one step ahead of somebody. He's planning some kind of, some kind of fuckery. But, yeah, the, uh... I mean, kind of our prediction from the last episode was that, like, season three, I think Johnny and, and Daniel Sun's going to join forces in some way. And that's kind of how it ended. 13 episodes. <laughs> yeah. So you see, because like I said, once they've kind of made that agreement that, that uh, all right, we'll settle this at the tournament. And his wife is all, she's like, I didn't realize what kind of an asshole you are dealing with. I'm, yeah, you got to teach these kids how to defend themselves. So, you know, you see the Miyagi-Do kids preparing for class at the dojo and then all the you know cobra fang kids walk in and, and line up with them and then johnny walks in and like you know they you all mean eagle fang not what the fuck's cobra fang uh eagle fang karate yeah all those kids uh you know walk in and then you see johnny walk in and they bow to the students and finally like bow to each other and you know start the class So what is the new name gonna be is it miyagi fang karate <laughs> i don't know Miyagi Eagle though? I mean Or do they come up with some completely new name? Because they did not uh so did here, not reveal that. Here's my uh But it's gonna give, give them the uh So the finishing move, right, of Karate Kid was the crane kick. So our our creature is Eagle. So you know, what is going to be the finishing move of the tournament that is my prediction for... Or is that the new name? Is, Crane Fang. <laughs> you know, um... Give him the Miyagi Eagle! <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, too, that's like when, when her and Miguel's talking, she's like, does, like, you know, y'all do any actual, like, training here? Or is this just a, just a garden? She's like, he's like, we train in junkyards and, and cement mixers. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Our train's a lot harder. But if you think about it, like I said, you know, Daniel's version until he learned the new shit from Miyagi, from uh, Chosen was Miyagi knows all about defense, and Johnny's has always been like the best defense is more offense. So I think they're going to kind of joining those two styles is kind of going to shore up the weaknesses in both. Yes, yeah, Miyagi-Do lacks aggression and Eagle Fang like well, lacks defense. <laughs> does does Miyagi-Do um lack the aggression or is it there's a lot of Miyagi-Do that Daniel hasn't learned that is going to help bridge the gaps. Yeah, now that he knows that there's more a more offensive chapter of Miyagi-Do now he's like, you know, you know, kind of Johnny's so teachings, is there going to be a kind of fill in that gap? Is there going to be a side quest? Because he was only given one scroll. And we don't he, know what that scroll is either, so it may be some new super ninja move yeah, exactly. that they're going to pull out next season. Is I'm going to teach you uh, crane fang technique. <laughs> <laughs> when your powers combine, <laughs> I am Captain Miyagi. <laughs> oh, I mean, the... Uh, both staff versus nunchuck fight too was pretty sweet. And <laughs> when Dude, Tori and Samantha Sam was, was like, uh, definitely about to get fucked up when she pulled out the, uh, nunchucks. Oh yeah. She's about to do a beating in it. And you know, Daniel, uh, we were talking about keep tying into the old movies. This one kind of tied into Karate kid three where Daniel's son, you know, is scared to fight, uh, whoever that badass was in number three. And Miyagi's like, you know, only you can like stand up, you know, and he's like, you, you can't, you can't let your fear defeat you, and and you know, and Sam's getting her ass kicked until she, you know Tori breaks the Miyagi uh, picture, and she finally like remembers what Danielson told her that Miyagi had taught him, and she finally like you can lose man's the fuck up to the competitor, but do not lose to the fear. Yeah, there's like there's there's no dishonor in losing to a competitor, but don't lose to yourself. And she finally stands up and and overcomes her her fear and kicks a little ass. So yeah, next season's going to be interesting. I don't know. Do we got to wait 13 more episodes and like it's going to cut like as they begin the tournament? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Like I I I that was my only da- I'm like, man, it took a long time of flashbacks and everything else for us to finally get what we assume will be the resolution. But then again, we don't know the impact of the phone call that, you know, Kreese has made. I'm expecting that guy that Daniel fought in Karate Kid 3 is going to show up now. Like, you know, the 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 evil, the other evil Cobra Kai guy from, from the third movie. They're probably going to bring those dudes in and he's going to have his own students somewhere. And, you know, there's going to be this, like, you know, crazy... Ninja Cobra Kai faction that's going to show up and back up Kreese and yeah, or if you yeah, remember, I mean, as of right now, you know, Kreese has purged, you know, several of his members. So there has to be, you know, now that we've got the merging of Miyagi and Eagle Fang, you know, yeah, I, I definitely think there's going to have to be a new faction. That and if you'll remember uh, the really bad remake of Karate Kid with Jackie Chan. During that tournament, at one point, they allowed the the senseis to fight. Do, do like, 
you know, the kids have their fight in the tournament, and at some point they're like, fuck this, let's, you know, have the adults, ma- you know, you know, this is, this is a all fadly under teen turn, you know, teen tournament, but hey, let's, let's have a round and let the, let the, uh, instructors, uh, fight. Well, I wonder, <laughs> and, and do they go back to the Valley, you know, where most of the previous tournaments have been held or, you know, does somehow we don't go to the valley and we end up with a lesser regulated tournament. <laughs> they go to the Kumata, the Kumatai or whatever it is from <laughs> Bloodsport. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the teen Bloodsport. <laughs> to the death. <laughs> we're just all gonna meet in the junkyard and we're gonna we're gonna finally finish this once and for all. John Claude Van Damme gonna show up like <laughs> Chuck Norris shows up and kicks the shit out of all of them. Ah. <laughs> uh. Welcome to the 80s, motherfuckers. <laughs> Chuck Norris is giving around houses. <laughs> I, I don't know any other move, but I got a mean round kick. <laughs> so I was watching uh, Rambo 2 the other day. It came on at the shop. And someone was like, I forgot Kreese was in Rambo 2. I'm like, yeah, dude. Anytime you needed a, a Vietnam guy in the 80s, it was always uh, <laughs> Martin Cove. <laughs> that dude is in, like, everything. Uh, so as we kind of wrap uh, this up, uh, do you... Uh, What's your uh, thoughts on this here cigar? Cigar is pretty good. Um, I mean, very much true to the, uh, you know, kind of the Cuban heritage. Um, Earthy, just a touch of spice. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know. Not super strong, but it has a lot of flavor. Yeah, I I mean. I I do like a a nice spice. Like, I I don't know, you know. There's something about this cigar that is good. It was just never one that really grabbed my attention. It was like, hey, I need to try this. But, you know, it's one I would recommend. Yeah, um, I've, not, uh, I've not had a lot of the Partagas. Might, uh... might open my horizons more to some of the Partagas stuff. I'm not sure, you know. I'll have to... Yeah, it's, think... it's, it's a brand that I really haven't given a whole lot of love to. Yeah, and... other than the one and two we've smoked on the show. It's not one that's kind of made it into my regular rotations. I've not smoked a lot of... Uh... Partagas, but I mean this kind of kind of pretty good cigar. I might have to try some of their uh, some more of their cigars. I did like the black label. I mean that had a little more more strength to it, but this is not overpowering. But it does have a lot of flavor and spice, and I, I'm I'm really digging this. So with that, we're gonna bow out for now and come back with some science.
science. And welcome back. It's time for some science. And it's not a science program unless I start talking about weird AI shit. Well, now they have an AI that will judge your art and tell you you suck at drawing. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, isn't art, you know, the beauty of the, you know, eyes of the beholder and whatnot? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, friggin' art is just so subjective. You know, one thing's that, uh, speaking of which, I saw uh, a painting. We had two of them. Because uh, I, I have a space in my bathroom that I wanted to cover up uh, and they had a painting of Boba Fett taking a shit it's like Boba Fett reading a paper like on a toilet and the name of the painting was dropping off a bounty nice and there was a Darth Vader version too called uh, was it taking a Sith <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh those I, I need that for my <laughs> for my bathroom but yeah a uh, competition called paint.wtf Challenges you to draw your best art in multiple theme categories. Uh, and then an AI judges and ranks the submissions um, based on its, you know, I guess, learning algorithm. But they kind of had a uh, a funny thing. But apparently uh, this, this program developed by RoboFlow and Bootsy, it tended to judge paintings that were more simpler better than stuff that was more like... I guess detailed artwork. Literally, it ranked a lot, uh, just a line on a canvas, better than a drawing of an upside down dinosaur. But everybody's like, "No, no, man, this is like really abstract." It's like that's the thin line between, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, that, that's the thing about abstract art is you can, you know, like I saw a thing where like there was an art gallery, and like somebody literally laid an umbrella on the floor, and like people were walking by thinking that the umbrella was part of the gallery. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah, freaking pe art people are weird sometimes. Just like, oh no, this has so much meaning. I'm like, no, nah, dude, somebody just dropped a can on the floor. I will say, Rachel <laughs> started doing um, pour painting and stuff, though. And, like, I I've always been a fan of abstract art. And some of the stuff that she's created, is, you know, looks pretty cool. Since then, they've they've tweaked the algorithm, algorithm to uh, give the computer a more traditional view of art. And now it's kind of... The leaderboards have been filled with more inspired work, but yeah. But then again, it's like, like you said, art is is you know subjective. So yeah, telling the uh, yeah the computer like, oh no, you must judge this based on you know what art history textbooks say is nice, not what you know you actually like. Kind of, I guess, defeats the purpose of trying to give it an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I don't know, you know. So now I guess, you know, somebody has to program the parameters. But, I mean, then again, you know, they say that a straight line is, you know, the hardest thing to draw. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> I can't draw a straight line unless I got a freaking ruler. <laughs> but even then, it's not straight. <laughs> like, once you zoom in enough, you will see the imperfections and everything from the lead breaking and, you know. Yep. So, not only, uh, you know... That's kind of fun, but this one definitely could lead to that Skynet situation I keep warning you about. DeepMind's new AI can destroy you at games without even knowing the rules. So basically, this new new gaming program uh, is basically you know, 
previous kind of gaming AIs, uh, and this one's called the Mu Zero Machine Learning AI. It basically, the way previous some of these previous games have been taught to play chess, poker, or whatever, they're programmed with a kind of set parameters of the rules of the game where this new program is allowed to kind of operate and determine strategies in an unknown environment. So it kind of basically asks itself three questions like, is this position good? Uh, What's the best action to take next and how successful was the last action and kind of using these, these parameters, it kind of creates its own game strategy and learn learns how to beat the game without having to be programmed to here's your specific rules of engagement or or parameters, which that sounds like it's going to train some Skynet shit to figure out how to take us out. Yeah. I don't know. You're going to have like those freaking badass chess gurus. Like it's me versus the supercomputer. (laughs) The Mu Zero currently plays go chess show guy and even miss (laughs) Pac-Man. But it's yeah, it's it said it's like it's, it's astounding implications for algorithms that can adapt without rule sets, you know, which is kind of how you know a human brain works when it's trying to figure out you know the situation. Yeah, but it's probably unknown. doing those things consecutively, whereas the human has to form three different you know thoughts and processes for. Maybe that's why people pause so long when they're playing chess. Hmm. <laughs> so I always think about. What's my next move? I don't really think about, well, was my previous move any good? Was <laughs> did I have good success with that? Like Yeah, not only is this new AI, you know, outperforming kind of like previous gaming AIs like Alpha Zero, but they've also seen and when they increase the number of simulations it's allowed to run simultaneously, it's basically able was able to, you know, increasing success rate. So it was like the more it played, it was, you know, it kind of learned and conquered a lot quicker than, you know, as you said, a, a human brain that can only kind of, you know, plan a kind of a finite number of things at once where this thing can like, you know, work out infinite strategies in the same amount of time and, and, you know, dominate you at your, uh, at, uh, you yeah, know, freaking call of duty or whatnot. Yeah, but that's not really a strategy game, though. But eventually, I say it's going to learn thermonuclear war and take us all out. <laughs> how how successful was my last thermonuclear detonation? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody teach it how to play tic tac toe so it doesn't kill us all. Uh, to anyone else who remembers the movie War Games? Speaking of the eighties, <laughs> uh, and uh, this one kind of an update to a previous story. I uh, remember, I don't know, a while back we were talking about the the mysterious jetpack man that uh, was flying over L.A. and you know seen by by you know aircraft at three thousand feet that no one could figure out who or what it was. Yep. There's a new theory of who it may be or what it may be. Now they're thinking it was not a dude in a jetpack, but actually a human shaped drone. Apparently, uh, one of the pilots said he saw something on YouTube. And there was a, I guess, a drone competition in Germany, and someone had, you know, built this, you know, full-size mannequin drone that would uh, basically fly, you know, very stiff vertically, with and it had two kind of propellers coming out the back 
I mean, it kind of looked a lot like what was seen by reported being seen by the pilots and in some of the the videos that circulated. I'm just saying, wasn't the with the change of the presidency, weren't we supposed to get a bunch of documents on aliens and stuff? Can we just say it's aliens? <laughs> Suppose that's supposed to happen pretty soon because some some genius, uh, you know, if you've known any, if you ever looked at like the actual laws that get passed. These things are thousands of pages long, and the people that are voting on these things do not have time to read every single freaking line. Well, someone added that basically the CIA, FBI, Air Force Intelligence, Navy, like all the kind of intelligence agencies had to release all documentation on UFOs within 180 days of the signing of this document. So sometime in the next couple months... You know, this last stimulus package is going to cause the, you know, intelligence agencies to finally tell us what they know about UFOs. Like. Until someone tries to figure out a way to. I'm not going to get on a political soapbox, but, you know, at its core, that should be a fucking problem. You know what a law is? A few sentences. Yeah. Like. This, you know, these fucking spending bills where they sneak all kind of shit in is just, just fucking ridiculous. I mean, that's kind of how online poker got originally banned was it, it what, didn't even get voted on it. Someone like kind of snuck that in, in a spending bill that, Oh, we're going to outlaw online poker. And yeah, most of that shit just went overseas and continued to happen. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's like these, it's kind of defeating the purpose of voting on shit by sneaking stuff into these. Well, I mean, when a politician, you've got to, you know, pass it to find out what's in it. The fuck? No, I don't. That's what you're paid for. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so far they've not been able to kind of prove that this is a some kind of drone, but it from all evidence it, and the reporting of what people saw, it it sounds very similar to this drone that was uh you know flown in the, in this German competition. So we can't rule out the possibility of aliens. It might well possibly, and people who are actual experts on the current level of jetpack technology, they're also like, if they saw this guy at 3000 feet, our current level of, of sustained jetpack flight could not reach that height. It's like more like 1800 feet. So more, even more probability more it's aliens <laughs> or it's Superman. Well, technically he's an alien. So yeah, it could be aliens. <laughs> and finally a new study into, uh, people who hear the dead has kind of found that most of these people have like uh, common traits, which kind of came up with a, a new term that I'd never heard of a uh, Claire audient, which is people who hear things, you know, and, instead of like, you know, people who are clairvoyant, see things, people who are clairaudient, hear things and people that are clairsentient feel and sense things, which I have never heard of these other terms. You know, kind of clairvoyant is the term that gets, you know, thrown around most, but they've in this new study, uh, in, uh, basically mental health, religion, and culture was the, uh, the journal it was published in. The reason why they are kind of studying this is the, they're kind of taking, I guess, people that have the positive aspects and get into like, you know, people who claim to be mediums and spiritualists and stuff like that. And kind of seeing if there's a way to take that knowledge and help people that kind of, hear unwanted things, people that are, are there suffering from more of a kind of a, a, a mental disorder and, and hear unwanted uh, <laughs> things. But uh, they're saying the people that kind of 
kind of went into the mental, the uh, like you know medium and you know paranormal route, all tended to basically be, I guess, susceptible to auditory hallucinations at a young age, and also kind of the things they heard were more positive, and they eventually kind of went into the more spiritualist route as adults, kind of seeking something to explain the things that they encountered at a young age where, you know, other people, you know, you know, kind of went the other way and were diagnosed with some kind of, you know, mental disorder. So, yeah, they found that, you know, they, they basically recruited 65 members of the UK spiritualist uh, union and 143 members of the public to use as a, as a, uh, I guess a control group. And, you know, of the self-proclaimed spiritualists, 44% claimed hearing spirits and voices every day. And though these were voices were heard primi- primarily in their own head, some even, you know, claim to hear some outside their head, which, you know, and, you know, it, it, they say it kind of on average, uh, happened at around 21 years old. And, and, you know, these people kind of, I guess like, uh, also, uh, being spiritualist didn't create the thing, having the thing kind of led them into this, you know, becoming mediums and whatnot. And, and, you know, they're, they're hoping it'll have find ways to hate, help people that are, I guess, suffering from hearing auditory hallucinations by trying to figure out what, you know, works for the people that are actually enjoying the audio, <laughs> audio hallucinations. Yeah. I don't, in fact, this podcast never existed. You've been having an auditory hallucination this whole time. And with that, we'll be right back. Here at the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, we make every show from the finest ingredients. Juicy interviews, fiery film nights, delicious desert island DVDs. And pack it all into a slice of life in every episode. Order up our specials now from your delivery guys. Shine from Canada. Dan from Kent in the UK. And Paul from near Liverpool in the UK. Here on the ESO Network. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Serving you a slice of life. Mmm, mmm. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! And in this rendition of news, we're going to talk about kaiju films. Yeah. So uh, we got our Kong vs. Godzilla trailer. And I gotta say, it looks epically amazing i mean there's a boxing match on an aircraft carrier and kong just punches a motherfucker in the face yeah i as i've said many times i don't want to pay for another streaming service but if this doesn't come out in theaters and i have to get that hbo max this may be the thing that makes me get the hbo max well it's... i don't give a fuck about all their dc shit but that kong versus godzilla but i i almost really want theaters reopened because that's one of those things that's such a Kind of an epic scale. I kind of want to see that on a big screen with like you know the nice surround sound and whatnot. Yeah, I mean it is uh, set to release simultaneously as of right now on HBO Max and theaters March twenty sixth. Um, I don't know of any theaters that are open in our neck of the woods, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure if you're that hell bent, you can go and see one. Uh, but I like the fact that uh, Godzilla is now. A villain again. Um, yeah, they've kind of got a, gone back to the the origin of him him being the bad guy, which is you know, in all the movies it's kind of flipped and flopped of him 
random destruction to him protecting us from other monsters. And so far in this new American Godzilla, he's been the hero of the last two movies. So yeah, it's going to be uh interesting seeing him or how they kind of write that in that he, you know, broke bad, but you know, and you know, into yeah, the people like Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla breathes radiation. Like Godzilla's just, or King Kong's is a giant monkey. How is this going to be a fair fight? And then you see Kong bringing the, the Thor's hammer and shit like, Oh damn, this might be a legit fight. <laughs> I mean, but they're, I mean, dude, they're both Titans. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. Radiation to us is, you know, detrimental, but I mean, if you're a Titan, you're millions of years old. Like you, you probably develop some kind of like immunities or resistances <laughs> or something, you know, over that time period. So, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be freaking awesome. Um, looks like, uh, notably, um, Brian Henry out of the Atlanta area. Millie Bobby Brown. Folks might recognize her from a little show called Stranger Things. Uh, Rebecca Hall from Iron Man 3. Uh, Julian Dennison from Deadpool 2. Um, let's see. Yeah, a whole bunch of other people that I don't re- quite remember. Yeah, so, I mean, this is still in the same universe, same continuation of the stories we had, so, but yeah, the the battle scenes uh, from the trailer looks freaking awesome. The only thing, and we did echo um, this kind of in the main segment. Oh, needs a better soundtrack. <laughs> needs a better soundtrack. And, and maybe they just use this to put together a trailer, but, you know... I'm a big fan of, like, hard rock, heavy metal, you know, thrash in your face. Uh, it's kind of like the, uh, what was that robot boxing movie? Uh, oh, fuck. With Hugh Jackman. That had some good, like, freaking fight songs in it. <laughs> yeah, I need a good fight song. Rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Um, you a fan of Twinkies, my friend. I've, um, not on the level of strange way, but I've, you know, especially as I've been trying to eat healthy, but back in the day, I've, I've been known to down a Twinkie or two when they, when they're available. Well, you remember when movies used to come out, you got toy lines, you had all kinds of, you Everyone know, had a cereal. promotional <laughs> branding yeah. and everything. I think we're starting to I get, think even Krispy Kreme had some Ghostbusters donuts at yeah. one point. So I think we're starting to get back to that. So in honor of Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, Twinkies is coming out with a limited edition. Let me uh, guess, Slimer Green filling. <laughs> no, not Slimer. Really? This is a blue filling. Um huh. And people say that, uh, you know, they think it may be um, uh, one of the new creatures... Um, called muncher a, a, some kind of spectral blue yeah it's um which it's... i don't know have you ever been to savannah i have there's a lot of houses that are this weird color of blue and apparently the color is called haint blue which is like an old pronunciation of haunt which you know these people believe painting their houses this color would ward off evil spirits and specters <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know we we had the marshmallow man. Could we get like a giant 
Twinkie Man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if, New York. Yeah, if you re- go back to the original movie, you know, he's like, you know, if if this Twinkie represented like you know all the spectral energy in New York currently, it would be like you know a thousand pounds and how whatever giant size uh, Twinkie that Egon talked of. So yeah, it's a good tie-in. It's historical. <laughs> well, I mean, his quote, you know, and for folks that haven't watched the original Ghostbuster is, uh, you know, Harold Ramis, uh, Egon, basically, you know, say, let's say this Twinkie represents a normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. Man, that's a big Twinkie. <laughs> even even the folks in Zombieland could find that Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, uh... <laughs> Tallahassee would cry if he saw that. He'd be like, "Oh, it's it's what I've I've dreamed of." Um, as of right now, Ghostbusters Afterlife will be released November eleventh, twenty twenty one. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> as all movie release dates we post, maybe. <laughs> yes. Um, Kevin Smith has completed a new first draft for Clerks three. So I guess you know this is the third movie draft that he's kind of created so um because yeah, he was doing you know he tried it a, you know before couldn't get it made and then ended up doing uh uh the the jay and bob reboot movie but yeah so we'll finally get a clerks three yeah so i mean this has been in development for years i think 2017 is when he completed another draft um but this past december is when this draft started um, he gave on a little excerpt um, December 28th. It looks like it's 101 pages. Um, you know, this is something that he's toyed with on and all the world. So he's actually saying this is Clerks 3 version 2. Um, I'll read a quick excerpt from the um, script. Uh, exterior Quick Stop. Pre-dawn to the opening piano notes of MCRs. Um, For folks that don't know My Chemical Romance, welcome (laughs) to the Black Parade. We reveal the old landmark, Quick Stop Groceries. There she stands moments before day breaks, her sign still illuminated in the diminished darkness of Leonardo. When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. (laughs) Then a car pulls up, headlights reflecting off the closed still shutters. Close on the close on the door opening a pair of boots hit the ground reveal dante as heads to the front door of quick stop he said son when you grow up you would be you you would be the savior of the broken the beaten and the damned <laughs> uh it'd be like freaking dante's See, teen kid now I, I i really dig kevin smith because not very many people would be able to take the song lyrics and be like okay <laughs> At exactly this moment, cue this line of the song. This moment, I appreciate that. As you know, speaking of which, have you heard what he's done to the quick stop? No. Um, the old RST video that was next to the quick stop. You know, video stores aren't a thing anymore. That's long gone out of business. You know, it was always quick stop. Can't and even RST- have a Netflix kiosk yeah. anymore. <laughs> it used to be quick stop and RST video. We know from all the movies. Well, apparently, since it's gone out of business. He's bought that half of the building and has turned it into a live podcast studio. So there's going to be a, if you go to visit the quick stop, there's going to be a, a, you know, like a podcast theater 
uh, doing live shows there next door to the OG Quick Stop now. Yeah. So I guess in conclusion, uh, for folks that are wondering, Jeff Anderson, Brian O'Harrillan are uh, set to reprise the roles of Randall Graves and Dante Hicks. Um, Smith says that this movie will conclude the Clerk saga. It will be a movie about how you're never too old to completely change your life. It'll be a movie about how a decade-spanning friendship finally confronts the future. It'll be a movie that brings us back to the beginning, a return to the cradle of civilization in the great state of New Jersey. <laughs> so, there we go. Hells yes. Um, now for something completely different. Joe, are you a fan of a little film series called Sharknado? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. We've used it as an example of no ideas are dumb lots of times. So, <laughs> for a new non-dumb idea, I bring to you our first official trailer for Sky Sharks. It they don't need like... no pesky tornado to fly. They just do it on their own. And there's like, looks like zombie Nazis. And, and yeah, of course, our, our man from, uh, from all the uh, Final Destination movies, Tony Todd, looks like the president or general or something. It's if you ever saw iron skies about moon Nazis, it looks very similar. I don't know if it's part of the same universe or, you know, the same people, but it kind of gave me that, uh, iron skies vibe, <laughs> which they made a sequel that I haven't seen. I haven't seen iron skies too yet. I need, I, I saw it was on Netflix. I need to watch that one day. Well, that movie was fucked up. I mean, just to give you a, a synopsis. So after an Arctic research team discovers a long-lost Nazi warship, they inadvertently unleash the Third Reich's unknown secret weapon, Sky Sharks. <laughs> About, you know... They're like, it it just like looks like everything that... Sharks messed with, like, mechs. It's like, they're part robot, part looks like a zombie shark. All bad. Exactly. Um, you thought Nazis were bad. Now we have flying Nazi sharks. Yes. I, <laughs> Where's you know. Captain America when you need him? Exactly. So this is uh, going to release some point. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, looks like the new release date they're aiming for is... Uh, so it's coming to the Horror Movie Festival um, the 22nd to the 24th of April in Switzerland. Um, the Swiss. What a twist. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it just... <laughs> the, the release date keeps getting pushed. I feel like this is already a real thing, but I don't know when we get it to the United States. <laughs> Or it'll probably be streaming at some point. <laughs> this kind of has that direct-to-video feel. Yeah. I, you know. Which almost looks like a video game. Like, this could be, like, the new Resident Evil. <laughs> no, Joe. The new Resident Evil is called The Village. And we got our third trailer for it. Yeah, segues. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional. But I'm going to run with it, because I know improv. <laughs> So, yes, yes uh, we uh, got our first third look at uh, <laughs> a new trailer for Resident Evil. Uh, the Village, very gothic, very new air. Did um, not see a single zombie. So There like, are it looked 
mining more, creatures, more like the hills have eyes, like yeah, you know, mutated. Kind of a witchy vibe to it, maybe vampires. Dude, I don't it's know. It's a witchy woman. Yeah, witchy, witchy woman. Need, we need some eagles. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, we need eagles to combat our sky sharks. <laughs> oh. So you gotta Eagle sky- fangs so they can sink their fangs into sky sharks even. I mean, if you're going to fight sky sharks, you got to have sky dolphins. I mean, wouldn't they just be prey at that point? I don't know. I've, I've seen dolphins fight sharks. I mean, I know they'll, like, give them the beatings, but, dude, these are these are sky sharks. Oh, they got rockets and shit. <laughs> oh, yes. Remember, like, skate sharks? That fucking cartoon or whatever with, like... There's like really buff, like Arnold Schwarzenegger sharks. Yeah, yeah, I that remember that. Skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have like a lot of their toys growing up. So yeah, uh, looks like May seventh, twenty twenty one is when we'll get our eighth installment of the Resident Evil franchise. This will be on PS five, PS four, Xbox XX, Xbox One, and PC. When's the Xbox Triple X come out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, like, eventually they're, they're like... <laughs> Flesh Flight plug-in. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you could already, you know, XBSX. I mean, that's already Xbox sex. <laughs> yep. Oh, yay. And... I guess uh, we talked a lot about release dates. Um, no Time to Die, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Uncharted Game. Um, yeah, it's like we're going to have a big uh, fall season uh, if things finally get back to some kind of normal. Yeah, so it looks like uh, No Time to Die has been pushed from April 2021 to October 8th. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife has moved from June 21st to November 11th. Uncharted um, has been moved from July 16th to Who February. Who the fuck is Tom Holland? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2022. Wow, that one got a big one. That's that's almost a year later. Uh, Cinderella set for February 5th, but now slated for a July 16th, 2021. Uh, Peter Rabbit 2. I know that's a big one on your list, Joe. <laughs> Has been moved from 420, know what I'm saying, <laughs> to uh, June 11th of 2021. Um, I, I I don't know, dude. Like, do you keep pushing stuff? Like, I mean, you know, a topic that um, I uh, at some point I think it's all going to end. I mean, I mean, here's the deal: Do we get billion dollar budgets anymore for Marvel movies? If you can't have theatric releases, I mean, as uh, you know, there's the... been a huge slate of announced of you know the Marvel TV series starting. At what point do they just give up on the theatric release and put it straight on? But I'm just Disney wondering, Plus? like, what does this do? Or does it do like a premium rental for a couple months before it goes into regular Disney Plus? It's kind of like they did with uh, Mulan, where yeah. you had to pay extra to see that. But I mean, you know, all you know, oftentimes those films, you know, they were, you know, projected what six hundred million, you know, oh, dollar yeah, like, budgets. I think the last one was a billion dollars. You, you know, know <laughs> now it's what the on average between all the streaming services and everything, you're getting what one to two hundred million. Like yeah, you know, folks aren't going to want to be like, hey, let me put six hundred million into this product that I know we're only going to get two hundred million out of now. 
Yeah, I mean... It, like, did we just see the... Death of theaters death and we of, go back to... Well, not only theaters, but the budgets that, you know, were being given to movies. I mean, some of them, like, whatever that Trolls 2, the ones that did the premium rental um, way of doing things before getting released to some kind of streaming service. Trolls 2 made a decent amount of money doing that direct-to-video where you have to rent it for 20 bucks a piece for the first month or two before it goes to your standard streaming services. So, I mean, it's possible to make big money. I mean, people will pay to see another Avengers movie, even if they're having to watch it at home. Uh, you know, so doing it that way, they may make, still make some money, but this is going straight to Netflix, Disney plus HBO max, where it's part of the regular subscription. I don't think they're going to be as profitable. But then again, like if I'm paying for HBO max, I don't want to pay another 20 bucks on top of that. Like, you're charging me double the amount of money that it would cost me when I was going to see it in theater. Yeah, unless it was something that I absolutely had to see. It's like, all right, cool, I'll wait two months till it goes to my standard subscription service. I mean, there is a lot of, you know, we could just real quickly be like the cigar nerds, the B-movie, you know, there's a shitload of B-movies that we could go on for years. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're already scraping at the bottom of Netflix. But, and even Netflix said, we're releasing a new movie every week this year. So, like, you know, the streaming services are definitely stepping up. So it's, I mean, does Hollywood even bother with theatrical releases anymore? Do they start making these things and selling them straight to Amazon, Netflix, HBO Max, whatever? I just Max, think they're going to have to cut down the production budgets. Yeah. You know, and, and quite considerably, you know. But even, like, I mean, look at... Uh, some of the Netflix originals we've yeah, got your Netflix that, that originals like a big budget film. But here's the thing. Netflix is financing that. Yeah. When Marvel and all these other places try to make a half a billion dollar movie, like they're having to get funding from all over the place. Like, but if you look at stuff like the fucking Mandalorian, it looks like a super expensive product, which it may not be. I don't know what their production costs yeah, are, but you don't have all the, you know, I guess, the licensing, because, you know, once again, Disney owns all of the, you know, international properties, which, you know, then again, do you do the Mandalorian, like, could that have an end game scale? Could you do one film that carried the box offices and brought in the amount of money that an Avengers Endgame did? Hmm, yeah, with it being part of your standard subscription, do they really get that much more new subscribers to kind of offset that cost? And I mean, then again, like, Hey, to cut down on the budgets, um, we know that this guy wants a hundred million dollars a movie. Oh, well suddenly we've had to recast that character. Cause, uh, <laughs> we can't afford the hundred million dollars for that dude. Uh, like does does Hollywood figure out that oh shit now we've got to you know bid and barter for these roles that my name recognition is no longer enough to carry me I'm gonna have to learn to price myself competitively. I mean you've got the standard Marvel actors doing the Dis uh, the Disney Plus series now so I mean with everything being closed those big paydays for actors have kind of gonna go away probably as well so you know it's like supply and demand if they can't uh do you know be in a billion dollar franchise i mean if they want to keep working they're gonna have to uh, take the i guess the the lesser paid roles i'm just curious you know like to to see you know what that does because you know before long it, or you know that used to be people's mentality oh i'm a major celebrity i'm you know 
got all these billions of, or millions of dollars, not billions, but you know, how quickly does somebody come into you know a hundred million dollars and end up bankrupting themselves in five years? <laughs> Happens all the time when people win the lottery. Like, oh yeah. So, or you wind up with a whole bunch of toys. Yeah, and armor plates. <laughs> I got a lot of toys and a lot of armor plates. Fuck, I can't afford to continue paying taxes and insurance and maintenance and everything else and all of these things that I oh. now have. <laughs> yeah, there's so many people that win the lottery and then go broke within a couple of years because they just get buck wild and don't put any kind of savings away. So, yep, yeah, uh, that's all I've got for news. Anything you want to share with the listeners? That's all we got. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. Uh, pick up some shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. They've even got uh, Gaia Barras now if you want your traditional Cuban smoking shirts. Uh, pick up your... Your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And with that, kick him in the face. Sweep the leg, Johnny. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.